2: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is
1: Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined,
0: as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It is the top of the week, which means it is time for some strange News. As always, we want to thank all of our fellow conspiracy realists who contacted us on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or sent an email, left a voice message, said our name at a crossroads at midnight or somehow otherwise summoned and contacted us. As we are recording this, the U.S. and the world is paying close attention to the tremendously controversial bill just passed in Texas, which may provide a precedent for similar legislation in other parts of the country. Uh, We're going to also explore the Satanic Temple. We're also just a few days away from the anniversary of the World Trade Center attack and the Pentagon attack on September 11th, 2001. In fact, so many things are happening that there are literally countries being overthrown. As you hear this, no, not Afghanistan, there are countries being overthrown and they're not quite making the news. That's the reality in which we live today. So maybe we start in the U.S. and we travel to Texas. I know a lot of people would initially ask, what does the satanic temple have to do with the Lone Star State?
1: Well, I am glad uh, all of those people asked that question because I have an answer. Um, the Satanic Temple was recently recognized as a religion um, by the uh, United States government, so it does have tax exempt status. And along with that, like other religions, there are certain dispensations that go along with being recognized formally in this way. Where maybe some things that are maybe illegal, you know, uh, for one group isn't necessarily illegal for uh, another um, if it is claimed to be part of a religious. Ceremony. For example, there are certain First Nations um, rites that involve taking psychedelics. And because this is recognized as being part of their religion and their freedom of religion, it is not illegal when done under the supervision of a shaman, like in these certain kinds of scenarios. Similarly, the Satanic Temple, which, by the way, does not. Practice devil worship. Uh, It is it uses much like the Church of Satan uh, founded by Anton LaVey, the symbol of Satan and and Lucifer as one of uh, protest, one of putting personal liberties and freedoms uh, above all else, essentially. Right. Um, They're not deistic. Not at all. One hundred percent. And just for a a little quick background uh, on, on what their principles are, it's very straightforward. They hold seven fundamental tenets that they live by. And uh, the first one is one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Uh, two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Three, and this is very key to today's conversation, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Uh, Four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Five, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's belief. Um, Six, people are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify and resolve any harm that might have been caused. And seven, every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. These all sound great uh, to me. <laughs> I see no fault. I see nothing wrong with any of these. Uh, I'm, I'm not joking, borderline considering looking into becoming a member of the Satanic Temple. Um, Because they they, they're always doing kind of sort of eye pokey things uh, to institutions, as you could probably guess from those um, those tenants. Uh, They actually had a statue of Baphomet erected on the Arkansas Capitol on the property of the Arkansas State Capitol uh, with two children quizzically gazing up into his goat face and he's holding up two fingers, sort of like a similar, well, two fingers up and then two fingers down, similar to what you would see in images of Christ and the apostles. Uh, And this was in response to the 10 commandments being installed there in 2017. So they're constantly kind of trying to call people on their, you know, bullshit and um, acting as a force for social justice and change Uh, and that is exactly what they're doing today um this bill that was just passed this law that was passed in texas outlaws essentially abortions uh abortion drugs abortion procedures um any any kind of abortion past six weeks and that is at the phase where you can just take a pill and be done with it take these medications uh and not to mention um, they're actually kind of taking a sort of snitch on your neighbor approach where there's literally a website that has been the recipient of some pretty amazing internet trolling, but as a yeah, website it's down now. Yeah, of course it was because it was probably just getting absolutely um, blown up with with uh, bad information or like you know copy pastas of like the B movie scripts or like I think I read one person was spamming it with Shrek porn. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a site designed to rat on anyone that you know to be providing anything assistance or or something as simple as just uh, advice, right? And there was even something along the lines of like you could sue an Uber driver. For For taking someone to get an abortion procedure, even if they had no idea that's what they were doing. And there's like a bounty on it. There's like a $10,000 bounty, essentially, for each successful report or something along those lines. Yeah, it's Um, a witch hunt, man. It's an absolute witch hunt. And Ben, I believe you were saying off the air, there's another state that's looking to adopt a very similar structured law.
0: Yeah, the Satanic Temple is getting a lot of press because, you know, the S word, right? Uh, Even though, as you outlined, uh, it is, it could primarily be described as a non-theistic human rights organization. Basically, it's activism. Uh, And I think the tenets you read are things that most people can reasonably agree with. The danger of laws like these. Uh, You described the the profit motive there, which is inherently corrupt, uh, the profound philosophical problems inherent in that kind of law. And one of the equally terrifying problems on the horizon is that this law is meant to be a framework. It is meant to set a precedent. Missouri is considering a law like this, and others will follow. If you want to read the full text of the law, it is TXSB8, street name, the quote-unquote heartbeat bill. You know, we strive to be objective and to bring you the facts of a matter in our conversations and explorations together. Uh, I I cannot be objective about this.
1: No, neither can I.
0: This is this is abhorrent. It is It is an unclean thing to do to innocent people. It is disenfranchisement, and it is frankly hypocritical if you look at what Texas does
1: with four or two children after they're born. Well, not not to mention the, the this is also a big part of the country where people are making the argument that you can't force me to wear a mask. Right. You can't force me to wear a mask for the benefit of of others, you know, like uh, who maybe are uncomfortable or are concerned about getting the virus, you know, spreading the virus to me, imposing A law that doesn't allow people to exercise their own control over their own bodies is counter to what that sentiment is saying. They're saying my body, you shouldn't be able to force me to put something on my body or to put a vaccine in my body if I don't want to. But yet, I will tell you, as a woman, you cannot put this in your body uh, because of Jesus. You know, again, not. Yeah. I'm sorry, I have a hard time not being. Well, uh, if, if, a little if the bit stated of the goals
0: were the actual goals, then why not force all biologically male residents of Texas to undergo a vasectomy, which because, is
1: reversible? Because that's because it's a patriarchal gross society i guess and I, I don't know matt you know i see yeah, you kind of uh, huffing and
2: puffing up there no i'm not huffing and puffing i am familiar with the viewpoint and arguments of people who would completely disagree with you guys because mm. i grew up in a place in an environment where abortion the concept was one of the worst things on the planet right now I held those views before my perspective widened, right? And and I know there are a lot of people listening right now that maybe hold that view. And this is a, you know, one of those extremely tough things to gain any movement on somebody's beliefs. It's tough to move somebody across a line here, right? If you believe one thing about it, that's probably what you're going to believe unless you can really get experience talking with somebody who has a vastly different experience than you, right? And, and mm-hmm. really, like, I, I think it takes a, a one-to-one heart-to-heart kind of conversation where you can really change your beliefs here. Well so said. I, I agree you know, agreed. I just want to point out that I know there are people listening to this and like yelling at their iPhones, at yes. you guys for or androids? <laughs> yes, but for, say, <laughs> for saying what what I agree with but at the same time i like i just i think we have to be aware of that because I, it goes down Ooh. to people who who see value in life over you know whatever whatever other circumstance the problem is they're missing a lot of the big picture
0: and i'm glad you said that because there's something that i w- i would like to share and i think it's something noel and and you matt and doc may have heard it's a quotation from a preacher named Dave Barnhart. I would like to read this in full because I think it encapsulates some of the problems inherent in legislation like this. He writes, the unborn are a convenient group of people to advocate for. They never make demands of you. They are morally uncomplicated, unlike the incarcerated, addicted, or the chronically poor. They don't resent your condescension or complain that you are not politically correct. Unlike widows, they don't ask you to question patriarchy. And unlike orphans, they don't need money, education, or childcare. Unlike aliens, they don't bring all that racial, cultural, and religious baggage that you dislike. They allow you to feel good about yourself without any work at creating or maintaining relationships. And when they are born, you can forget about them. Because they cease to be unborn. It's almost as if by being born, they have died to you. You can love the unborn and advocate for them without substantially challenging your own wealth, power, or privilege. Without reimagining social structures, apologizing, or making reparations to anyone. They are, in short, the perfect people to love if you want to claim you love Jesus but actually dislike people who breathe. And again, this is a preacher saying this. Prisoners, immigrants, the sick, the poor, widows, orphans, all the groups that are specifically mentioned in the Bible, they all get thrown under the bus for the unborn.
1: I, I think that's very well said. And I just want to point out too that six weeks you know, into a pregnancy, I believe the fetus is the size of a grain of rice. And there is no, this notion of a heartbeat starting at six weeks is, is largely bluster. It's like part of the, PR campaign behind this whole thing, calling these heartbeat bills. Um, and the fact that there's no dispensation made in, in these laws for rape or incest, I think is the truly kind of uh, abominable part of this. But just to circle back to the satanic temple um, sorry if I buried the lead a little bit. What they're doing is they are calling, they're lobbying to the FDA to allow access to abortion pills in the same way that First Nations people are able to get access to these psychedelic substances legally. Um, the ten- temple actually sent a letter, filed a letter rather, well, with the FDA uh, saying that, that the abortion drugs, mifepristone and misoprostol are part Of its quote, sacramental abortion ritual. You know, and is this a thing? I, probably not, um, but they do have recognition as, as a religion and, and therefore they can make it a thing, I, I guess. And people are following suit. People are like joining and making this claim. So I do think it's interesting. It's very much in keeping with their sort of trolling the man kind of mentality. Uh, I fully approve <laughs> of this. Uh, their actual statement was this. They, they tweeted about this lawyers for the satanic temple sent a letter to the food and drug administration to request that TST, be able to access abortifacients, which is a word that's new to me, uh, without being subjected to the agency's regulations. We still have religious liberty and we believe in bodily autonomy. And then they hashtag it Roe versus Wade. Um, which is obviously something that, uh, in getting certain justices uh, appointed to the Supreme Court, was obviously a big campaign promise of the Trump administration to overturn Roe v.ersus Wade, and of the Republican Party. It's been a huge, you know, um, priority uh, for a long time, and this appears to be what is happening. So I say hats off to to the Satanic Temple for uh, making a stand and doing it in kind of an interesting, creative way. <laughs> I,
2: I have to say. If old Matty Fred over here circa even the year 2001 would have heard this as a story, mm-hmm. I would be freaking out. To con- the concept that the satanic temple, no matter what it actually is, just the phrase, the satanic temple. Just the brand <laughs> recognition, right? Yeah, it is attempting to allow or to to ritualize the sacrifice and i know we're using that i'm using that term weirdly here but to sacrifice unborn children like i would i would flip out i would think the end is coming like today cuz that's what it sounds like you're saying they would use it as a as a ritual they would they would classify it as a ritual to be able to perform or provide that sure. service Yeah, but, but again, it's like, it's, it's all a
1: loophole. They're using their ability to create loopholes as a legally recognized religion in the same way that uh, governments are using loopholes to justify that a Rice grain sized fetus has a heartbeat, you know, um, and, and just that's just my take on it. And mm-hmm. you know, please listeners take me to task if I'm totally full of it. Um, but they do post some interesting stats and I'm going to read this and then then we'll pass it around one last time and move on. But uh, this is how they put it, how it works. The Satanic Temple has every desire to ensure the health and safety of our membership. The issue is with governmental control over whether TST's membership can obtain access to these drugs. TST's ritual requires a medical examination to determine whether there are, quote, contraindications to obtaining an abortion, as defined by the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, or the American Academy of Family Physicians." A Satanist then returns directly to TST with a physician certification that there are no contraindications, and TST will directly supply the member with the abortifacients so they may participate in the ritual. So, I mean, the ritual is 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 a, is a moot point; it doesn't exist, and I'm sure the courts could call them on that. What, what do you think? Is this a is this more of a um, Symbolic gesture than something that you think will actually pan out or uh, here's the legal justification. before you answer that, Um, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act was instigated uh, and enacted to assure Native Americans could have unfettered access to peyote for their religious rituals. Consistent with this purpose, TST wants unfettered access to abortifacients for its religious use. Given that peyote is a Schedule I drug with no accepted medical use, TST's request for access to prescription drugs is even more reasonable to be granted under federal law. I yield the floor.
2: <laughs> I mean, I know the Satanic Temple is really good at symbolic gestures, right? And that doesn't mean they're joking about what they want or their goals. I know they're good at doing something publicly or making a statement that is, goes contrary to, you know, maybe what mainstream thinking is in order to prove that there's quite a bit of contradiction At play within our thinking as you know, as either the government or Americans or how we think about religious freedom. And I wonder if that's what this is. But it does seem like there may be an opportunity here to at least at least show some of the hypocrisy for
1: what it is agreed. All right. Well, I think, Ben, you've made your position quite clear. And thank you for that quote. I think that was a a really great encapsulation of some of the kind of counterintuitive ideas at play here. Um, And then please let us know. And again, I'm not out to none of us are out to criticize anyone's faith. I do think your faith is absolutely your own. But once you start imposing that will on other people who do not share your beliefs, I feel like that's a problem. Um, So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with more
4: strange news. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details.
2: Terminix it. Visit
0: Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
2: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention true crime
0: enthusiast searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep
1: you up at night. Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief.
3: At PurdueGlobal.edu.
0: And we have returned. We're taking a trip outside of the US. We're traveling from Texas to the country of Guinea. This is a country located in West Africa. And the name may be confusing for some people because there are three countries with Guinea in the name. There's Equatorial Guinea, there's Guinea-Bissau, and then there is just Guinea. You have probably, if you are reading international news and you're based in the U.S., then most of what you're reading is probably about the recent U.S. pullout of Afghanistan, officially ending a war a conflict that's gone on for 20 years. Uh, There are some people who are listening to the show now who were not alive during the beginning of this conflict. And so when you're hearing these reports of what's going on in Afghanistan, you may have missed other stories of unrest around the world. The country of Guinea has undergone a coup, and the specifics of this coup the machinations that led to the ultimate overthrow of the government, have yet to be fully sussed out. So what I'd like for us to do is to walk through the basics of the timeline and talk, talk just a little bit more about what this means for the world, what this means most importantly for the millions of people living in the country of Guinea. So just a few days ago, as we record this, a picture started going around the Internet. This is the way a lot of people learned about this coup, by the way, almost the same way you would see a meme go viral and circulate. Uh, I sent this picture to the gang uh, right as we were getting rolling. And uh, you, got, you know the picture I'm talking about, right, guys? The couch. Uh,
2: pre- President Alpha, which is the most badass name ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Con- Condi. Perhaps mm-hmm. Condé, uh, yeah he he's just chilling.
0: Yeah, and you'll see a photograph of now former President Condé uh, sitting in an oddly relaxed posture while surrounded by four masked, camouflaged, armed individuals. So here's what happened just a few days ago, as you're hearing this strange news segment. The military of Guinea stormed the president's palace, took him into custody, and the leader of the coup, who we'll get to in a second, Colonel Mamadi Dumboya, uh, ordered the officials, the ministers of the government, not to leave. They had to give over their government vehicles. They were constrained from leaving the country. The forces, ostensibly behind this coup, are saying that they... Instituted this because of the widespread graft and corruption in the established government of this country. And oddly enough, when you see, when you catch up with the news, we're still moving through the fog of war and current events. But when you catch up with the news, you will see the Western world seems primarily concerned not about the people of this country, but about the resources of this country. Guinea is in the world of international business known as a vast repository of bauxite. Bauxite is tremendously important to not just Guinea, but the world. In 2020, Guinea exported 82.4 million tons of bauxite. Why does bauxite matter? You know, it's not like you're walking through a store and you buy a carton of bauxite, right? Bauxite is a crucial piece of the process of making aluminum.
2: Yeah, and it's B-A-U-X-I-T-E, by the way, if you're looking it up mm-hmm. right now.
0: Yeah, and so bauxite is an ore that is the primary source of aluminum, and you have to chemically process it to get from that thing in the ground to, you know, your Reynolds or stuff they don't want you to know, tinfoil, right? And this, <laughs> this is tremendously strange that a coup of this sort would occur, and they'd be an also-reported kind of news story. Like, had you guys heard of this before we were prepping for today's episode? I had not.
2: Uh, I saw a headline about it, but that was it.
0: Yeah, and this, not to sound cynical, but it makes me wonder whether there is an alternative narrative or what resulted in the coup, because the folks who orchestrated the coup are claiming that corruption has been around for a long time. So what was, what would you guys call it, the inflection point, the delta? What mm-hmm. what was the proverbial feather on the camel's back of corruption
1: and governance here? I don't know. I always uh, assume governments are going to be corrupt where there's money to be made <laughs> and people to be exploited. Yeah, I can see
0: that. I can largely agree with that. Uh, Guinea is one of the countries suffering from what is often referred to as the resource curse, which essentially argues that many resource-rich countries end up being exploited by other countries, trapped in debt or victimized by corporate-friendly laws, or even governed by a puppet system right? Like uh, we all know what happened with Guatemala in 1954 and puppet governments and coups are nothing new. But the reason I'm bringing this story to us today is because we need to hear from people in West Africa. We need to hear from people familiar with Guinea. We need to hear from people who are perhaps familiar with bauxite mining we need better visibility on this because this is a story, this is an event that is affecting millions of people. And it's not being treated with the importance or the consideration that it rightly deserves. Is it not weird to anybody else that there's a coup and it's just like, hey, here's, there's this new Marvel movie coming out. Also, someone overthrew a government. And what does that mean? For aluminum. These well, are actual people. This is crazy.
2: It, I, I know. I, I agree it's actual people. And I agree that it's important. And it it feels maybe to a lot of people, including myself, that there have been a lot of coups and coup attempts lately. And America has a known problem of widely understanding other countries, where they're located, identifying with the people of various countries, because, again, we're very much ideologically isolated here. Not all of us. That I think that's just a general, that is a massive generalization on my part, but that is kind of a documented thing. I wonder just how much of it is feeling like it's happening a lot and then keeping track of everything as another coup attempt occurs. The good thing in this case is that the president didn't get assassinated in his home immediately, at least, or he hasn't been yet, but the the other thing is uh sorry I don't want to rant here but I know there was a situation in Guinea where the president basically decided he was going to have a third term right That's why this allegedly began at least according to the official story
0: Yeah he's uh been he had been in power for uh, about a decade I believe
2: Yeah so he he went through his two terms and then I believe he had, he wanted to change essentially the constitution or the what he would need to change in order to have a third term Right. I mean, that's never that's never a good idea if you want to continue being a popular president, if president at all. So I'm sorry, I'm just trying to understand. I think I do. But like the coup isn't directly
1: related to the aluminum or the this, you know, material uh, concern. It's, it's a cause of it. So the coup is causing uh, conditions for exporting to be more difficult. Therefore, the price is going up. Is that essentially the idea?
0: Yeah, that's the way it's being reported. So at the time of the coup, the largest market for this bauxite was China, was firms based in China. Uh, there were also active operations, extracting diamonds, iron ore, gold ore. Again, it's a very resource-rich country. Uh, Right now, nobody involved with the coup is saying, we did this for any other reason than corruption. Because while the mining industry was booming in Guinea, the fact of the matter is that most average people didn't see a significant improvement in their day-to-day lives. And like you pointed out, Matt, the president, the former president, was accused of election rigging. He was accused of all the corrupt things you hear about government leaders doing. So again, the, the part that is sticking with me, the part that I would like cleared up is the answer about timing, right? This guy has been in office since 2010. It's 2021. And the complaints seem large, like the complaints of opposition parties are largely the same throughout that time period. So why now? Everybody on the side of the coup, supporting the coup, isn't really mentioning bauxite or aluminum. You know, to be very clear, nobody is saying we were, you know, paid by insert shadowy cabal here to overthrow the government and get better corporate deals on bauxite. But given the dirty business of geopolitics and war, it's not surprising that so many people would ask that question. And I don't think there's anything wrong with asking that question. We just have to be ready to learn the truth, however ugly it may be.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And it may be, you know, some time before we do know or can know, right?
0: That's correct. Yeah, the benefit of retrospect and also the benefit of our fellow conspiracy realists around the world. We're going to pause for word from our sponsor during the ad break. Uh, If you have experience firsthand in Guinea, if you have familiarity with life on the ground, please write to us and let us know. We're conspiracy at iheartradio.com.
4: We'll be right back. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, Time ends. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a man. Available wherever you will get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details.
2: Terminix it.
0: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
2: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true
0: crime enthusiast searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that
1: keep you up at night. Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief.
3: at purdueglobal.edu.
2: And we're back. Hope you enjoyed those advertisements as much as we did. Um, Just quickly, guys, I haven't been watching a ton of addresses from the standing president right now, President Biden. Uh, I didn't really watch any of the releases from the previous president. Um, It's just, I think maybe a self-care thing for me, just like not watching a lot of the politics right now. And for this particular segment, I've been watching several addresses that President Biden has made. And it just, I don't know if this strikes you guys, but it just strikes me how, how old our president is. And I know that was in a lot of the discourse through, throughout politics uh, in the last election, but man, I just personally... I don't know the grandfather figure thing makes sense, but I don't know. Maybe not the great grandfather thing. I don't. Know. I'm not even trying to be funny here. I'm just right, like right. it really weirds me out.
0: It should weird you out. The age discrepancy between elected officials and the people they govern. I, this is an apolitical point. This yeah. is just an objective point. The age discrepancy is weird. It should be something that people <laughs> think about. And that's not that's not a ding on any presidential administration, mm. any political party that is simply math. Is it not strange? Yes. You know what I mean? Like the let's just for comparison, just to set this up, the average age of a person living in the United States is like 38 years old. That's exactly
1: how old I am. Good to be completely average. Hey,
0: congrats, dude. For comparison, yes, congratulations, for thank comparison, you, you. the average age of a congressperson is about 57 and a half years old, and the average age of a senator is just under 63
2: years old. Wow. Interesting. Is this well, uh,
1: <sighs> a product of term limits,
2: or? Aha! Uh, That's This is what I wanted to bring up. There we go. President, President Biden has been serving in the United States government since 1973. Uh, 10 years before you were born, Noel. So, like, (laughs) uh, I, I, the reason why I'm even thinking about this is because September 11th this year will have been 20 years ago. And Joe Biden was one, you know, was in politics and he's one of the people that was able to make some decisions on the aftermath of 9 11, how that event was investigated and, he, You know, he's been serving the country for a long time. And that's mm-hmm. not a ding on him in any way. It just means he's seen September 11th from the day it happened until now, and he's, he's been making political decisions throughout that entire time.
1: Yeah, well, with that can often come baggage, right? Things that maybe you'd rather not remind people <laughs> of in terms of, you know, those responses that you're talking about.
2: Yes, and the news that we're going to talk about today started for me in – the New York Post of all places in uh, an article about the families of victims of 9/11 and just generally anyone who perished because of that event either directly during you know that day or as a result of medical complications due to things they encountered while cleaning up or you know assisting the efforts there and these families came forward to announce collectively that They didn't want President Biden to celebrate or take part in any official 9-11 memorial events this year on the 20th anniversary, unless he was actively working to help them get clarity on what actually happened, you know, whether or not there were further connections between the hijackers and the country of Saudi Arabia and you know, maybe other countries that helped out in some way, whether officially or unofficially. And the reason why they came forward to, you know, make this statement is because President Biden is the fourth sitting president to have these families ask very hard questions about who did this and why and share the information, please share it now. And up until now, no president has taken action. They've always made the decision that national security is more important than transparency for the American people. The greater good. The greater good argument. And that's that's what presidents have chosen. Uh, Bush, Obama, Trump, now Biden. But Biden has changed it up a little bit at least in a political move that may not actually you know, come away with anything or at least just another slightly less redacted group of documents. Um, but because of pressure from the families, at least that seems to be the reason this is happening, President Biden officially signed an executive order that would have the, I believe, the FBI, the Department of Justice, um, it, the Pentagon, all, all these groups, specifically the FBI, uh, release documentation into the various investigations into the 9-11 attacks. And specifically with who who perhaps was behind them. What was the money behind these attacks?
0: Right, the complicity, or the possible complicity, whether on an individual or state level, with the KSA, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia.
2: There you go. Yeah, I apologize for just calling it Saudi Arabia. It's so, it's so common to just call it Saudi Arabia. The kingdom is... Yeah, the kingdom. The kingdom is the kingdom, you know, as they say. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Uh, but yes, there's some really interesting stuff going on there. And as we know, lots and lots and lots of old money in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So this,
0: this order was largely inspired by a massive letter-writing campaign, like you said, that went on for four different presidential administrations. I think it was 1,800 Surviving family members, victims, uh, people who were on the ground and survived, and first responders are specifically seeking evidence that implicates officials from the KSA in allegedly supporting the attacks. That's yeah. what they're pushing for. And it might be surprising to some folks that 20 years after the fact, some of the findings of the 9-11 Commission remain classified.
2: Yeah, oh it's it's very strange. And one of the primary things that those those families are citing with regards to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is a specific FBI investigation titled Operation Encore that you can read about right now. If you head on over to ProPublica and a couple other places, search Operation ENCORE and you have to put 911 or September 11th in there because there is an a different operation Encore that exists. It has to do with music and and some military service people, um, but this was a real FBI investigation s- trying to figure out whether or not officials in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia had direct connections to the people who were hijackers on September 11th, and a lot of this information is being withheld from the American public. What mm. they found and what it means, and you know. For me, the guy that watched Loose Change when I was, you know, uh, going into college, this was around the time that I was watching Loose Change. I know the flaws with that documentary. I also know that it created a lot of questions in my mind. And then following a lot of the other, you know, architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth and a lot of these other groups that have been pushing for transparency over the years my questions have, I feel, have only gotten more complicated, let's say. Mm-hmm. And because, it, you know, I, I don't want to be, th- that's the thing. It's I am i don't want to be considered a 9-11 truther because that has so much stigma behind it. But sure, I still have a, questions that I want answered, right? So yeah, that it,
0: shouldn't make you a thought terminating cliche.
2: Well, so. I, I agree, but I feel as though it does. So, you know, given the platform that we have here to even express that I have questions that I want answered, that I feel like I don't have the full story, feels like it could be a perhaps the wrong move. But here I am telling you that I've got a lot of questions and I'm very much looking forward to what possibly could be released because of this executive order signed by President Biden. Do you have high hopes that this is going to be something meaningful? I don't have high hopes for that, but. You know, much like the UAP report, perhaps we'll get a very short executive summary of the findings and a few, like I said, slightly less redacted pages. A classified report on declassification, right? (laughs) There we go. sounds (laughs) fun.
0: But, but, well, so the way this is worded when you read the EO is uh, essentially, if I recall this correctly, the order has a timeline. It has a due date, 120 days. From when it was signed, which I believe was on this past Friday.
2: In the third of September.
0: Yes. So the FBI and the intelligence agencies, alphabets involved, have a deadline. They have 120 days to divulge information that is currently classified. There is an there is an exception in the in the language of this executive order. And it's something like the specific wording is something like this: stuff will be released unless there is the strongest reason against releasing it, or the strongest reason counseling against it, or something something to that effect. So there is still there is still a greater good piece of the argument here. So there is still a way for someone uh, vetting this stuff to say, actually, if we tell the public this, it is still a clear present danger to national security. That stuff can still happen. And then further, there's a, there's another baked-in deadline. Not later than 180 days after the date of this order, all the records from any separate but possibly related FBI investigation also have to be disclosed or at least evaluated, right?
2: Yeah, you're right. But uh, But the most immediate... Deadline they have is September eleventh, two thousand twenty-one. Yes, which is just to finish the review. Review, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not exactly what it's called, but they call it the sub-file investigation, which is just a declassification review of documents. Anyway, it's it's uh, it gets a bit complicated once you get in there, and you know, given those timelines, we may not see anything for a long while. But at least it's it's hope that perhaps there will be I don't know well a little more light shed on what actually happened because it does in a weird way still feel to me personally like we don't have the full story. Well, it's good. that's because the full
0: story is not declassified. Yeah, right. That's there has to be something secret for this executive order to exist, and clearly, the people who have survived those horrific events feel the same way. They want answers. They want specifics. There's nothing wrong with asking for those, right? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> they're in big trouble.
2: Yeah. See y'all later. I'll be in the hole. Uh, well, let's,
0: let's also remember, you know, we did explore some of the international relationship between the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the United States mm-hmm. uh, earlier in our investigation of Immunity, legal immunity from different things, not quite diplomatic immunity, in practice, immunity from different crimes. And everyone also remembers the murder, the vivisection, the dismemberment of the journalist Khashoggi, right? Yes. And it's pretty clear that that was on the orders of the government of Saudi Arabia.
2: Oh, yeah. You're right. Uh, This is a tough one, guys. Uh, Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and we are coming up. This episode comes out just after the September 11th, 20th anniversary. You know, I don't want to get too patriotic here, but definitely I am thinking a lot about the people that were lost, and there are several people I know who have loved ones who who died that day, so just thinking about you all. I had a weird thing happen on Clubhouse. I told you guys about this where I just happened into Jesse Ventura's room because apparently yes. Governor Ventura has a room on Clubhouse. And I asked him about this topic because I was looking it up for the segment and he had some really interesting things to say. And he definitely feels like we don't have the full story here. He so. said
1: it's some of the effect of if there's ever a commission of any kind or an inquiry, that's always going to be the final word that it is referred back to. That's exactly what he said.
2: Yeah. No matter what, no matter what else comes forward, that commission is what happened, according to the government. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's it. Hey, if you have any information on this or you got any personal stories about this topic or any of the other ones we discussed today, uh, please, please, please find us. We are all over social media. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We are at Conspiracy Stuff.
0: And for a peek behind the curtain, uh, this is the week of Labor Day for us here at Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. So we're going to do something incredibly unusual for us. We're taking a day off on Thursday. You will hear one of our classic episodes in place of our listener mail segment, but fear not, listener mail will be returning next week it just gives you more time to write to us right
1: yeah and one other place you can write to us is on instagram where we are at conspiracy stuff show uh you can also give us a telephone call write to us with your mouth 1-833-STDWYTK. You got three minutes to leave us a story, a message, a missive of some kind, um, and you might end up on one of those aforementioned listener mail episodes. Uh, if none of that stuff floats your boat and you're a little more old school, you can write us a good old-fashioned email.
2: We are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the
1: mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief.